Hi guys and happy Thursday. It's another Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays and I'm your host Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hello, everyone. We are back. And before I get to our guest, because she's amazing, if you tuned in last week and I was telling you I was going to be on, I was very excited. I flew to New York to be on Stephanie Rule's show, The 11th Hour on MSNBC. And uh, I was on the plane, very excited to go and do it. But the show was canceled, and rightfully so. It was on Friday when all of the news around Memphis happened. And so I was not on. I did hedge on the uh, program last week. I did say I might not, the pending breaking news and so forth. But if you were like, where was she? Where was she on MSNBC? Stephanie Rule and I did have a delicious dinner and she was in and out like a flash because she had to go back on TV. So if nothing else, being able to go to New York and just sit at a bar and have a bowl of pasta with my girl, Stephanie Rule, it was worth it. But I will keep you guys posted when that gets rescheduled. But now... For our esteemed guest, if you read the newsletter this week, you would recognize the term Lashgate. We also call it Mascaragate. Let's just call it Mascaragate from now on. And if you didn't read the newsletter, but you have some sort of awareness of social media, you might have seen there's a lot of conversations around eyelashes. And we're going to break it down for you. But the reason why I'm so excited for today is we have the queen of eyelashes, literally the most powerful woman, powerful person in the lash industry. And that is my dear friend, Sahara Lati, the founder and CEO of the mega successful business called Lashify, which I have been informed is not a, just a business, it's a lifestyle. Hello, Sahara. Hello, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me, especially to discuss, is it Mascaragate or is it Lashgate? I think we, I think it's better to be, it's really should be Mascaragate because this is about mascara and we should just do a podcast moving forward on lashes and the whole industry. But for those of you who don't know about like all the different things with lashes, I like, I'm personalized it. So just a little heads up. I have like mole eyes. I literally look like a mole person. I have like little staccato lashes. They are, I look like a mole. Like oh, I believe it's called, They. I believe our customers call it naked mole rat. No way. Naked mole rat. They have a full name for it. I actually looked up make naked mole rat because it's a joke. People are like, <laughs> I feel like a naked mole rat without my lashes. I'm like, I got to look up this rat. It's so terrible. I just have really bad lashes and I did everything. I did the Latisse, which is like putting chemicals on your eye for however much hundreds of dollars that your eyelashes grew and they look like feathers, but they don't stay long and lush if you're not using Latisse. I yeah. then, for those of you who knew me back in the, the this is pre-panty days in New York, the amount of hours I spent in places called like bling lash or, yeah. you know, beauty lash. And I would go into a nondescript like room filled with beds and you would have an army of people laying in these sort of massage table beds and you would put your headphones on and you'd have your eyes sealed shut while an individual was for over an hour, hour and a half every couple of weeks gluing individual lashes on my eyes. Super gluing. Super <laughs> gluing. 
super, super gluing. And we call those lash extensions. And, and we loved it. The, you, and we loved it. And we loved it. We loved it. I mean, you could get the cat eye. You could get the really, really like natural looking ones. Or you could get the silk ones or the cheaper ones, which would make my eyes break out into hives. But the thing is, I spent hundreds of dollars at each turn to have somebody, each each person more skilled than the next or less skilled, individually glue on hundreds of lashes to my eyes and then they would fall off at different times and then it was a it was a process and then you do it again you couldn't get out of it you would have to go and get get your eyelashes replenished I spent so many Saturdays and Sundays in New York like on this horrible soulless building laying there (laughs) listening to podcasts while somebody put eyelashes on my eyes and your eyes would burn and it would take hours. So there's other things. There are false eyelashes that people have forever used that are those stick on ones that fall off. Those are the strip lashes. Those strip lashes. Yeah. And then mascara is an industry. Now, the problem with mascara is that many of us have naked mole eyes, (laughs) whatever they call it. So it's no mascara is going to, they're going to just sort of highlight your already stumpy lashes. Exactly. You have to have something. Every company is trying to advertise the miracle mascara. And we're going to get to that. That's sort of why we landed here. But before we get into what mascara gate is and all of the things that happened, Sahara, tell us about Lashify. I mean, you have over, you have a million customers, you have a million followers on Instagram or real followers, an incredibly engaged community. Tell us what Lashify is and how did it come well, you to know, be? You know, the the way that you just described that sort of rat race that you're on with the lash extensions and that you would actually sit there for hours, that's because for me at least, lashes were almost a part of my confidence, my self-esteem. So you put these things on, you go get them done professionally and you're like, I look incredible. When you look incredible and you feel like you look incredible, you start to feel like you can do more things. So it's a domino effect of like positive energy when you feel like you look good. And so the anxiety that I would have when my eyelashes started to fall and I was like, cause I, right. that, that dopamine, I did, I got right. so there many compliments. Go. I look good, but they would start to fall off. And the anxiety of the upkeep and getting an appointment and getting there and doing all of that. And, right. Oh. So that, that was the impetus of why I created Lashify because, you know, for a hundred years, we haven't really had any innovation because at the end of the day, in order to innovate, you really have to have an emotional drive behind it to want to really figure something out. So if my whole self-esteem was based on these lashes and it was like I had to consistently go to a lash tech to get them done, I was like, there has to be a way that I could at least fill them in the meantime. There has to be a way that I don't that I don't have to look like Snuffleupagus if she can't get me in. <laughs> so that's where I started looking. I started, you know, and I'm a shopper. I can I so I was like Googling my face off, Alibaba, Russia, you know, you name it, Czechoslovakia. I was on every website and I was like, there must be this lash that I could use to fill in my extensions. And it literally didn't exist. And so from and there, so like every just, amazing entrepreneur, yeah. you saw there was a problem and you're like, there's no solution. I need to figure this shit out. So I needed to figure it out for myself. It was like, I was so obsessed. So then I once I figured one aspect out and then I figured out another, I was like, wait a minute, I can sit around and make these little lashes for myself and create this lash magic. But the people that I know 
like the women that I know, mostly women, will freak out over this system. I have to figure out a way to scale it. And so that was where Lashify came in. So like the system I'd figured out in my mind, but how do I introduce this to millions of people? So I really. So have how to is your about- system different? Because I've been to your house. Like, let's just be clear. By the way, one of our our listeners, Rob, who's my friend and neighbor, he uh, texted me after the newsletter came out, and he's like, "I know Sahara. She used to live in the Hollywood Hills. We used to be neighbors." So anyway, so so, but now you live you live on the west side. You live on the beach. We'll talk about your house because it's unbelievable. Another thing that everybody, I can't believe I buried the lead here. Another thing, Sahara started this business basically because she wanted to fund her lifestyle for her English bulldogs. She is the bulldog queen. She knows more about bulldogs than any human being I've ever met. She has an entire sort of house full of them. They are gorgeous. They have not met Potato yet because Potato's an asshole and he's scared of balls. And some of her dogs have balls. But I Sahara teaches me everything about what I need to know on the health and wellness and longevity of my dog. We can get to that. But your house, one of the things that stood out to me is you have a lab where you showed me yeah. you're like this is where I built Lashify so how is Lashify different from all of the other sort of lash biz- when guys who are like sitting here listening to this podcast are like what the fuck is lashes okay. like, how are you yeah different? yeah yeah explain so basically the lash business was was a two-parted business one was strip lashes which was the stuff that you stick on your lid okay and that's a hundred year old business really we haven't had any technology besides for that just a strip you know and it you use glue and you put it on your lid i could never get those on the other no never a lash extension a lash extension business which was a business that the technician takes your single natural lashes and they super glue longer fibers onto each of your single lashes and it takes a lot breaking your lashes by the way quite a bit and you have these gorgeous lashes at the end of it but there's a lot of issues with it a it takes a lot of time b if you think about it your natural follicle isn't really designed to hold something three times as heavy or thick so when you start wearing them for a period of time you do start to see a little bit of a decrease in your own natural eyelashes. Oh my God. I mean, break, they broke, they, they fell out. I would pull them out because they would annoy me at certain points. Well, also, but the thing is, it's like fashion before function. I didn't care. I just wanted the lashes on. So even though all these people are allergic to the cyanoacrylate, I like, we have clients that used to have giant red cherry eyes for a week after they got their extensions. So what I wanted to do is be able to create a system that allowed me to put on those lash extensions that took two hours, but be able to do it quickly. So it's actually, it it took a lot of technology because I had to think, how do I remove the technician from this actual situation? Well, I have to create an eye. I have to create an eye that they work on, essentially. And then somehow I take these lashes that they create in this eye and I get those on my own eye so that I had to create a tool. And so it's like once you created all the things that you needed, I needed a new kind of lash that was incredibly flat, that was designed to fit underneath your lash line. So check did that. I need a tool that has a horizontal clamp force that has the ability to connect this to your natural lash. Check did that. I need an adhesive that works like a mascara but isn't as thick as a glue, but is a little bit of both, but isn't damaging and can hold your lashes in place. Check, created that. And so then all those three put together made Lashify. 
but you have to use them together. Yeah. And I, you know, I was, I was first introduced to Lashify by the amazing Jade Calcanis of Jade and Jason, the J Cal's, if you will. And it was Jade Calcanis. We were all in Italy and we had been on this trip together. It was such, it was a group of us. We were having the best time. It was a birthday celebration. We were in this beautiful Tuscan hotel. Everybody is very fancy. Uh, and then there was me with my, my, and I hadn't gotten extensions because it was like, like the place in LA was a, not a place I felt comfortable going and then being able to swim. And so I, I was naked and I was there with everyone, the same group of people. We had been together for four days already. And then Jade had pulled me aside and she's like, Jade's like, I have Lashify. Can I put Lashify on your eyes for dinner tonight? I think they'll look amazing. And I said to her, I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but yes, like whatever you've got, I want it. So then she told me your whole story as she's sitting there with her kids running around and she's doing it like she has a drink in her hand. She's literally gossiping to me. Her kids are running around like crazy. Jason's somewhere in the house and she's just doing it in this like one, two, three, one, two, three. All of a sudden I had these unbelievable fucking lashes and I was like, explain this to me right now. I don't understand. This took 10 minutes, not two hours. And let me tell you, I went to dinner that night with all of these fancy people who I had been with for the last four days. And everyone was like, Brooke, wow, you look, you look so good. What did, what yeah, did you do? You so what yeah, what did you on? do? What's going, was that, is your hair different? Well, that dress is amazing. No guys, it was the, I have pictures all over my house because of the, all of the photos from that week in Italy. It was just that night that I looked unbelievable because my yeah. lashes and it, it did, it made me feel it made me feel different. It was so exciting. And then I also didn't have the anxiety of how much time and energy I spent that I was going to, I mean, I used to literally, I would shower with goggles on my face to protect the lashes. Cause I would try yeah. to save them. So I wouldn't go for hours and hours again to a tech. And you took that away. You took all of that stress, all of that anxiety. I immediately became obsessed with the product and the brand, but it's not just the product. It's also the storytelling. And what I didn't realize and what we're here to talk about today is how vocal the beauty community is. And that's not oh, just yes. influencers and make, but the community people take this shit seriously. I mean, incredibly passionate and the lash world is an incredibly vocal community. And we saw this all come to a head on TikTok. And do you mind if I give the, a brief synopsis to everyone in case they, they missed yeah. it? Yeah. So, and then you can tell how you found out about it. So I watch a lot of TikToks. We've talked about her before. There's this beauty influencer, makeup influencer named Michaela. She stands out because she has a very thick Boston accent. Some Boston accent, yeah. Yeah, some people say it's exaggerated that they've known her before, but to each her own, she's really transparent. She's really adorable. We've seen her move out of her parents' house where she was- Really likable. Yeah, really likable. She was working at Alta Beauty and she was a salesperson and now she's got her own house. She's got a fiance. She's been open about her mental health struggles and her eating disorders. And she's just very likable. She's had, you know, what you see on TikTok and social media, the more successful people come, the more, you know, I guess it's in anything, the more people come for you. And people are, have been coming for her on this and that. Some of it has been missteps. Like if you put your life out there, you're bound to sort of make a mistake or, or two or three. But the controversy this time was there's been a lot of 
criticism about the beauty community and influencers not being honest, not being honest about the fact that they are sponsored by a brand or not being honest about the products they're using. And it's been that way from the beginning of time, like those Pantene commercials when we were kids. It wasn't Pantene. Those were like heavy extensions right. and things like that. But whatever, we we are sold the dream. And so Michaela did this commercial, which was also a little bit questionable because she didn't, I guess, make it very clear that it was an ad. She made it look like she was reviewing a product, which is what she does. And reviews are really important to be honest. And a lot of influencers have been criticized for not being honest, for taking money for reviews. Michaela has stood up against that as well. So people come to expect her to be honest in her reviews. She did this review of a new L'Oreal mascara that an, an other creators had said, oh my God, it's amazing, amazing. She's like, I got to try it. And you watch her in the process of doing one eye, which looks like a mole person eye, and the other eye that looks like the most unbelievable lashes. And you see it. She's like, oh my God, this is crazy. This is just one coat. Look at two coats. And you see this woman all of a sudden have magical lashes. The thing is, it would appear they were, in fact, magical lashes because the community <laughs> came out and said, they Those actually- Those are Ardell Wispies. Yeah, they're with they their, their specific yeah. brand, not Lashified, that it was clear yeah. that she had you know, edited the, the video so much so that the TikTokers had freeze framed each inch of the video to count the layers of lashes that she originally started with to what she ended up with. This literally just changed my life. This looks like false li This is how, what? <laughs> it's this L'Oreal telescopic lift. Look at the wand. Okay, so basically I'm taking the curved side and I'm going root to tip and I'm sat in a coat the lashes. This is one coat. Okay, I'm gonna add a second. Look at the length. Do you see that? I am speechless. And I'm not sure anyone's gonna ever be able to compete with this mascara. And so the consensus was that she had fibbed and whether L'Oreal knew it or not, she had added extensions to give it something and then said this was the most life-changing product of all time. And she got called out for it. And then it awakened, is that the word? Awakened. Yeah, Jeffree Star and James Charles. Exactly. Right. And Jeffree Star and James Charles are two men. They both identify, at least I know Jeffrey identifies, they both identifies as, men. as a yeah. man, but they dress as, um, you know, they dress in, in a lot of makeup and they are very fluid in their appearance. And Jeffrey had been a very famous YouTuber, really one of the OGs makeup people back in the day, long before TikTok. And he took some time off. There was some controversies there, but this, as he says, awakened the beast. And he decided to go to TikTok and come back out with a review of the product using Michaela as a way to kick off his platform on TikTok. And now it just got everybody from Bethany Frankel and everyone sort of having an opinion about fucking Lashgate and Mascaragate and trying to take down Michaela in the meantime. But the gist is L'Oreal is the winner, right? Because everybody went out and bought this fucking product to see yeah. themselves. And you know what? I got to tell you something. I think as far as mascaras are concerned, if you're into mascara, this looks like a great mascara. I mean, it, it, people are liking it in general. There was no need to really put false lashes on them. But at the same time, you can also wear false lashes and mascara at the same time. I think that... Why were people so... I mean, people really... Is it the honesty? Is it the... Yeah, I'm gonna, I think I, ha I know why it is. 
because I, I love my customers and because I love my customers and I know that I have a certain amount of influence, it is really, really important that I am careful with what I say, careful with what I'm a proponent of because people take your words really seriously and they trust me. They genuinely trust me. And so I think that a lot of these people, when they're following Michaela and they're like involved in her life and her marriage and her this and their that, they're really looking at her as someone that that inspires them and that they feel like they can trust. And as an influencer or just as anybody with influence, at some point you have to make a decision and you have to decide, am I going to run with the money or am I going to, is my loyalty going to be to those people and doing right by those people? And those are the people that got you to where you are. And so they are, yeah. they're the ones that invested in you. Right. But Brooke, here's the thing. Like I was in the movie business for years, right? I had a career. So now like Lash of I does really well, I'm successful. It's not really going to change me. I wasn't working at Ulta, you know, nine to five. And then someone's giving me $200,000 checks. Does that make sense? It's a lot of pressure and you can't really, how old is Michaela? 24? Like, can you really? Yeah, I have, I have true empathy for her and I don't understand. And like a little of this is sexist, to be honest. Like I find it ironic that it's the two men that are coming after her and using it as ways to get their attention, you know? So here we are and they're bullying her. And this girl is, she's, she's clearly a woman that's been bullied before. She's from all things. She's been very open about it. And I hate to see it here. And like, she made a mistake. Unlike our Martha Stewart, who I don't know if you saw what Martha did this week, weekend. And what did like, she do? It's like back, so it's exactly what you said, like, except for the fact that Martha isn't Michaela and knows a lot better. And Martha did, we've all watched Martha's journey into influencer into on social. And she has had an evolution of her face and oh, yes. her, her physique. And it's gorgeous. It's great. And like, she doesn't have no, it's nobody's business what you do or don't do to your face. However, she did these incredible selfies of her at Frederick Fakai getting her hair washed. Gra- gravity was definitely on her side because her hair head was back. But it was like the visage of a 30-year-old. And she's like, she posted all these selfies, Sahara, like this one and this one. And she's doing like fish lips, you know, like pouting her lips. Yeah. And she oh, says, shit. I'm looking at yeah, this. Yeah, she says no. She's looking at it right now. So she says no facelift, no filters. She's saying no filters on that fucking photo. No filters, no facelift. This is just down to good old diet, exercise, great dermatologists and amazing facials. And I... I literally was like, no, bitch. No, 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 like, no, no. You could just say, look at me in the Fakai. Look at how great I look. You don't need to say what you do. But like, the fact is you're lying. I know you're a yeah. fucking doctor. So yeah. let's yeah. be clear. You are, fi- that is a filter. Maybe somebody doesn't teach you how Instagram works, but you swiped and that's a filter. Your face yeah. has zero f- texture. Um, and so I used it as an opportunity to say, no, I'm sorry. No. And I went up and I showed my face and I said, I had the double blepharoplasty, which is my eyelid surgery. I had the deep plane lower facelift, which is why I have a jawline now. Thanks to Dr. Lakey and I had some amazing I've been working my ass off on the treadmill and health wise but I also had some help in the body department thank you to Dr. Daniel Poor and it's just like <laughs> this is the moment we have to be transparent yeah, 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 and yeah. I got so many comments about it and I think you're absolutely right you hit the nail so on the head that we put like 
this trust in people. We are giving them the platform that they are and uh, that they are, are learning from or, or making money from. And we expect honesty. And right. I'm forgiving of Michaela. As you say, she's in her early 20s. She came from she just had this extreme. But you but you also didn't grow up with her, Brooke. You also haven't been watching her for you haven't watched her from the beginning to now. So the people that have been watching her from the beginning to now, some of them don't care, but some of them seem to be genuinely hurt. Then there's other ones that just want to see people fail. Listen, there's a whole Ugh. group and there's there's a special place in hell for these people too. But there's a, there's a whole group of people who don't even care about makeup. They don't care about anything that they're arguing about, but they are just there to spread the darkness. Like, ooh, is there some dark shit happening? Let me come and throw it on you. And, you know, and those are probably the ones that are really harassing her. You know, but at the end of the day, you just make a decision. Like if an influencer, you don't feel like it's somebody you can trust. Guess what? Stop following them. That's it. Like you're either. Yeah, I agree. Why do you take the time? Why do these people take the time? Like I get the Jeffrey stars and jo James Charles see this as an opportunity to get engaged. It's an opportunity for drama. It's a dr yeah, it's drama. Drama makes money. And the TikTok model, which is different than the other social media models, is people can get clicks by duetting these or stitching the, the videos. So, so you're just being flooded with these sort of like hateful takedown TikToks that are all over your FYP or for you page. That is just you know perpetuating this mascara gate. And everybody who's anybody on TikTok is weighing in. I think it was Tinks, uh, who's an amazing creator we love. She was asked in one of her AMAs, which she does all the time on Instagram, and like, what do you think about it? And she's like, leave the girl alone. Like, let people grow and and make mistakes and whatnot. But this is not should not be an opportunity to you know harass and. Abuse. Yeah, but that's that's been happening for a minute, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's not going. It's only getting it, it, worse. It, it's like these. It's like these groups, and it's like a what is it called? Like a group of bees? Hot? It's not a hive. A hive. But they, yeah. Yeah, like, but, but they like go from one thing and then to the other thing, and they're like, and then they move to the other swarm. Drama. The swarm. A yeah. Swarm. And then they eventually lose interest and they move on. But you know, we've all, you know, the beauty community, or it, it's more the. TikTok, YouTube, there's a lot of drama there. And that's because that's, I think, what makes a lot of money. That's what gets people to yeah, click. Yeah, it makes a lot of, I mean, right now people are click, right? Clicks mean money. And, you know, the good news for Michaela is that this video is, you know, racking up millions and millions and millions of views. So despite the pain and heartache, she's making money. So you're the one who told me about Mascara Gate, right? I did not know about it. So I, I was in, in the I was in the car going to the airport to fly to New York to go on the show I did not go on but I was like Sahara needs to know about this. So we tweeted mascara we broke up with him years ago. Okay? Hashtag #mascaragate and all of a sudden we're getting these comments that are like no, stop it. And then another person is like how can you turn sexual assault into sales? And I'm like wait, what? What is going <laughs> So there's a miss. So this is, so I'm so glad you brought this up, Sahara. So it's in the newsletter as well, buried in there. But 
what I was going to write about, I was incidentally going to write about mascara this week, even long before this Michaela thing happened, which was really unfolding uh, Wednesday and Thursday. But I had already determined the week before, like right after I published like Sunday or Monday, that the next week was going to be about mascara. And that is because another trend at the same time as mascara gate, which is why, why the, I think they've coined it lash gate. So they don't have the confusion is that mascara is now a term. So you can't, use certain words on TikTok, for example, and make it into the algorithm. If you say sex or if you use words like abuse, hit, beaten, things like that, you're generally, you're, the algorithm doesn't work or sometimes your videos will be taken down. So the TikTok community has used, has come up with ways to sort of beat the system. And one of those ways is they've determined that they were going to use these code names for sexual assault. And this turned into being about mascara. And so what turned out was that mascara is code for sex or sexual partner. A mascara wand is code for penis. A wandless mascara is sex with women, people with vulvas or sexual partners who aren't men and have penises. And lip gloss, like women who say, I've never really used mascara, I'm more of a lip gloss person, would be saying they prefer dating, sleeping with women, for example. But it turned into a sexual abuse thing where people, because they were using mascara as sex or sexual partner, they started to say, my mascara stopped working last night, um, or my mascara went crazy on me last night and was all over my face and caused, like it started to be this whole code. And so it became another trend on TikTok where people were referring to mascara and using it as ways to explain that they've been sexually abused or assaulted. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. But so that's why you sort of got caught in the crosshairs because uh, people might not have known about the Michaela stuff and thought you were talking. It's sort of like pineapple. Pineapple was always a, a symbol of like a home. If you gave somebody a pineapple, it'd be like, welcome home. But somehow the kids turned pineapple into being a symbol of swinging. So if you were wearing something with pineapples, that was supposed to be an indicator that you like to swing. So you're like, no, I like pineapples or I give somebody a pineapple pineapple because it's a welcome home gift. But others on TikTok have taken the symbol of pineapple to be a symbol of you like to swing, you have multiple sexual partners. So the same has happened for mascara. Mascara has been code name for a Aha, a but that's code name on TikTok. But I'm posting on Twitter. No, but it's crossed over into all social media. So it started oh, so on TikTok. Media. Yeah, it's crossed over. So it usually okay. builds in one. But it's an interesting thing. I think this is why Pop Culture Mondays exists and the podcast exists. So we can help you guys navigate what's happening because these things are yeah. happening so quickly. And then next thing you know, you'll get in trouble for something you didn't mean to you're do. You're going to get in trouble for something you didn't. Yeah. You're like, I'm literally talking about the actual mascara. But yes. Yeah, so now... You're welcome. You guys are now hearing more about fucking mascara and the code names of mascara and lashes than you ever could dream of. But before we go into other things, where do people get Lashify? So right now we're direct to consumer. It's Lashify.com. And the way that it works is you come in and you buy a control kit. And the control kit has all the tools that you need to get started with the system. You buy the kit and then people generally become obsessed and then they get refills. And what's interesting is that 
I loved mascara, Brooke. Like I was paying like $35 for a bottle of Serge Luton mascara. Like I'm all, I was all about the mascara, but mascara was like that thing that could never give you enough. And you just, you're like, no, I need more. And it was like, it just never satiated you. And then you came and you got lash extensions and you were like, oh my God. And so basically with Lashify, you don't need mascara anymore. It's as easy to apply as mascara. Yeah. Yeah. And the mascara that I have, like I can't, my mascara just always clumps. Like no matter what I get, it never looks good. I'm still haunted by my blue mascara phase of 1988, which still haunts me. I don't know if you lived through those years, but my 1998 was like, I wore bright royal blue mascara and it was dark. But I still love it. Dark days. But I will say after I got my eyes done, which I cannot recommend enough for anybody who feels that their eyes are getting hidden. I was having such hooded eyes that I would put eyeliner on and not only would you not see it, but then it would get stuck because my eyes were like going up to there that the eyeliner would then end up on my upper lid and people would be like, you have eye makeup all over your your eyes. Now it's so fun to wear eye makeup. I wear eyeliner and Lashify lashes and I look like a billion dollars and it's the greatest thing. Another thing that makes me look like a billion dollars is this freaking unbelievable machine that Sahara has at her house that I feel we all need this. It's an ozone machine. It's called a Hocket machine. And we actually need to do a whole episode about ozone because really, if you, if we want to talk about what makes your hair grow, makes your skin incredible, ozone. Well, this thing, so she kept talking about it. I go over to Sahara's house. There are bulldogs running around. It's basically like if you were to define, it's on the beach. If you were to ask me where heaven is, I would say it's this house. And then she's like, come with me. And I get naked. I'm like, I'm naked with Sahara. And I put a towel on and I, I get into this machine that literally it's like the only thing out that is outside of the machine is your head and you're sitting in it, like in like a chair, but you're sealed up. And she like puts this like bag on you. I don't, and then all of a sudden it's hooked up to these canisters and ozone is being, I don't even understand how it works, but I'm immediately like sweating like a crazy person, but it's, you feel like a zing, like a zappy thing. And what is it doing? Because my scars were immediately lighter, like immediately. Yep. It's basically what happens is you're sitting inside this machine. It's like a sauna. You're, you go to about 110 degrees and then all of a sudden all of the ozone starts coming into the, into the chamber and you start absorbing it transdermally. And so ozone is O3. So it's, it's like oxygen with a pep. It's mixed with electricity and immediately it's as if you're like a dried up sponge and you're suddenly moistened. It's crazy. You come out of it. You're like, why do I look more plump? And literally I started doing it three times a week and my hair started growing twice as fast. It's really pretty. And people are like, what did you do to yourself? It's ozone. I will say, yeah. And you told me that I was going to like sleep well, but I think I was so energized from it that I, my body was just like, it was just, I loved it. And I, my only problem is that I, you know, you're going to get sick of me because I'm going to keep coming over and being like, show me your machine, show me your machine. We could sit and talk about lashes all day. I did want to just get to one other thing because I wanted to get your take. Have you, are you, I don't know. Do you watch TV? Are you into like shows? Do you have like an obsession like I do with content or are you just so busy running a lash empire that you don't watch television? Honestly, lately I've been watching TV only because I need to find a, because all I do is work. All I think about is work. It's like work, 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 work. And I need some balance. So you know what I've been watching? I've been watching F Boy Island back to back. 
okay? No, no, no. Like, it can't, like, people are like, hey, Sahara, do you want to watch this show? I'm like, dude, don't make me watch a show that requires any brain power. I need to watch literally the dumbest, the most vapid show in the world. Oh, yeah. What is F-Boy Island's premise? Okay. F-Boy Island is basically these three girls come on and they're looking for love. Okay. Then there's a bunch of guys. Half of them are F-Boys. Half of them are looking for love. Okay. So F boys are just boys that just are just down to fuck. They don't look, they don't care about a relationship. Basically at the end of it, whoever she chooses, if it's a legit, if the guy's a a good dude, he'll split the $50,000 with her. If the guy's a player, he'll take the $100,000 that she gets and she'll get none of it. You see what I'm saying? So it's like she has to find the right guy. That's a she big has to guy. pick oh, okay. correctly. Brooke, Brooke, you would be Brooke. First of all, you would you would just be, be like, addicted. why am I watching? So, you'd be like, why am I watching something so dumb? But then you just won't have to watch the whole thing afterwards. It's really funny. It's also really funny. I watch Bravo like it's my full time job. I if I were on F Boy Island and knowing the my radar for picking partners, I would definitely pick the F Boy over the good guy. I was all about the F Boys. Not anymore though. Now I'm just about the Lashes. But what I was going to say is um, I don't just watch episodes, though. I have to watch like the entire season in one sitting. Does You're that make sense? Like, if I decide if I yeah, with everything, if I decide to watch a show, I'm not leaving my room for a couple days. Yes, I did. I saw White Lotus. Thank you so much. But I did it like back to back. You waited till they were all available. Well, that's what I'm, I'm having a problem. So I am now addicted to the latest show on HBO Max, which is called The Last of Us, which is based on a video game. And I did not think that I would like it because it's like it's a spinoff of a video game. And it, the video game is a spinoff of like The Walking Dead, which is, you know, another zombie show, blah, blah, blah. So it's sort of like I didn't really think I was going to get into it. Why did I watch it initially? Not just because of the advertising, which was good and the the hype, but Pedro Pascal, who is now my new obsession. I have moved on from my obsession of Harry Styles and Timothy Chalamet, who were little children. And I've moved on to, I would do anything. I would literally give potato away to be able to have a hang with Pedro Pascal. And he stars in this show. And I got into it. I started watching it, thinking it was great. This last episode had a little bit of Pedro in it, but it was really this story, uh, origin story of a character and the, and it, it became this, uh, maybe one of the most important shows episodes on television ever, but it was this love story and the love story between Nick Offerman, who you may know is married by the way, to Megan Mullally. We love her. He was in parks and rec and he falls madly in love in the midst of the end of the world in the last of us, which is a, you know, post-apocalyptic movie after zombies, mushroom zombies. And he falls in love with Murray Bartlett, who, who we all know as Armand from the first season of White Lotus. So the two of them have this unbelievable love story and it is truly one of the most beautiful episodes of television I have ever seen. I was a mess. I still haven't even gotten over it. I did not get out of bed. What do you mean? Like, like now I have to go watch it. Why are you doing this to me? Now I have because to go. Because it was so beautiful and it was <laughs> and it's painful and it's tragic and it's but it was so well done. And I have to say, like, who knew this show, the people who are making this show have turned a video game into 
a gay iconic like That's literally awesome. I've never seen a love story gay or straight as real as beautiful as hopeful as painful as tragic as like what our future may hold uh, debilitating is as this episode and I, if you guys have not started watching this show and I understand not everybody's into zombie shows a lot of my friends are like I'm not into it I didn't like The Walking Dead I won't like this there's something more there than than that and I was so moved and I just I want all of the episodes to come out in one time so I can do exactly what you do. Just you lock myself up in a room. Yeah. I'm a binger, but now I'm hooked and it's gonna it's treating me like a fucking drug addict. Like neck I'm just waiting till Sunday, waiting till the next episode comes out and it pisses me off. But I love that too. That's how I felt about breaking bad. Oh, oh my God. God. When you have shows like that, it truly is. And you're well, they're that intelligent. Oh, my God. I mean, the writing for Breaking Bad, just as a screenwriter, as an ex-screenwriter, that was like my mind was blown. Do you miss the Hollywood world? Beauty is just like Hollywood. <laughs> there's our headline. There's our literally, title. There's a, it's literally it's literally it's like, yep, except I'm not trying to act in a film or sell a script instead of selling products, but you're basically hanging out with all the same people, (laughs) you know, they intermingle those two worlds intermingle really well. You know, a lot of celebrities eventually have beauty brands, a lot of beauty brand people become celebrities, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's definitely similar, but what I love about, and the reason I didn't want to be in Hollywood anymore is because Hollywood is a business. If you really think about it, there's only a few people that are really doing very well. Meaning, mm-hmm. ultimately, you either own the film, you you know what I mean, et cetera. But as an actress or as a screenwriter, you're constantly waiting for someone to give you a yes. And I found and then if they give you a no, you start over from scratch. But I found in my life that when I sold to the public, just whatever it was that I loved, the public always said yes. You know what I mean? Like people wanted to buy whatever I was selling. So I was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to spend my life creating innovating for the public, not having some like executive in a mood being in my way, but just I'm going to make and then I'm going to sell. If you guys want it, you'll buy it. And that's yeah. really well, you're making us all beautiful it. and you're empowering <laughs> us to be able to do it ourselves. So I thank you for this. And um, if you guys go check it out, Lashify.com. We love we love them. We love Sahara. We thank always you. end the podcast with a what I call it's Mary make out or mute. So it's like Mary fuck or kill. But we're just a little bit more ladylike here. So okay. we say Mary make out or mute. I can go first so you can see it. It can be. So what does that mean? So it's like, who do you want to marry? Who would you want to make out with? Who would you mute? And it could be an idea. It could be a fictional character. It could be an, I, a trend. So I'm going to show you. I'm going to okay. show you. So I very, very, very much want to make out with Pedro Pascal, the actor, or any character he's ever played. The Mandalorian, I'll fully make out with him. I'll fully make out with the emotionally damaged character he plays in The Last of Us. I just, I would make out hard with Pedro Pascal. He is my crush right now. I'm, I like, I I can't get enough of him. I just wanna like walk into him in the middle of the street while I'm walking potato like accidentally and be like, I'm so sorry and bat my beautiful lashes at him. So that's who I would make out with. Mary, (laughs) 
I very much, I'm sure they would welcome a third, but the Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett, they were Bill and Frank. That's how we know them. I would marry into the Bill and Frank episode of their Last of Us. I would like to marry them. I would love to be, they lived in this. You have to understand the apocalypse had happened. Everyone is dead or people are coming after them. And they were grilling steaks with like a Bernays sauce and growing strawberries and lived in this beautiful colonial home outside of Boston. Like it's just, they were living the greatest life. They were running and bike riding together. I want to marry into that. And then I would mute, going back to Lashgate, Mascara Gate, and I would just mute all of the haters, like we talked about, I mute the people. I don't ever want to hear all these people who are just being mean for mean sakes. They're being mean for clout. They're being mean to get off and get their own clicks to, to profit off of others pain. Yeah. yeah. And I hate that yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. And I, I just hope that we get to a place where, you know, these digital native kids, they literally are, you know, born with phones. Well, we make it, we make it where it's not cool. Where it's not That's acceptable. what I'm hoping that yeah. like some they're going to start to see that like the old people are doing this and the young shouldn't. So we've always had bullies. That's not going to change. But just you know, anonymity allows you to be really horrible. Not that you have to be anonymous, but I think a lot of these trolls are anonymous. And I would I would love to see less anonymity on the internet. Like you have to be your authentic self, your true identity to log into a social platform. I'd love to see it. In the meantime, I'd like to mute the haters. So does that make sense? Or yeah, give totally. Me who, I can do it. Somebody, some idea, some fictional character. Okay, so what was the makeout? Makeout would be uh, Marlon Brando, Streetcar, called Desire around the time he screams Stella that that's how, <laughs> that t-shirt the rain oh my yeah, god oh yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah oh yeah that's it and then my heart is racing right Mary would be um oh yo I don't even want to get married so that's a hard I know I don't really want to get married but I was um, just it's fictional okay so if I had to get married and I don't <laughs> want to get married it would probably be like King Henry of something so then I could be queen Oh, I like it. Just not the one who chops your head off. Not no, Kennedy. not the one. Who, the one that's nice to his wives. That that's probably who. Was I'd there marry. ever a king? Maybe it was. I don't know which king that was. But yeah, yeah. and and then mute everyone. I would mute, <laughs> <laughs> mute all the not so smart people and like you know the you know what really bothers me actually I'd mute the people that are so confident in their knowledge, but they have none. That's, right. those are the people that I would mute. Cause I can't stand that when they come at you with like, just like these facts that they wrote like five seconds ago and they genuinely think that they're so freaking smart. And I just want to be like, but you're not. I got into a Twitter fight with a bunch of people because uh, Jay Leno tweeted about one of his, like he keeps, he's very accident prone and has had some serious accidents. And he tweeted, I'm okay. Like my latest incident was, and he made a joke about how he ran into Jeremy Renner's snowplow. And the fact of the matter is it's not funny to me because Jeremy Renner was nearly killed and broke 38 bones in his body and collapsed a lung and all of that in a horrific snowplow accident, trying to save... 
like help his nephew. And I just, for me, didn't find that kind of humor funny. Dark humor I love, but that humor isn't funny. And so I just tweeted, how is that funny? I didn't even put a question mark on it because it wasn't even like a question. It was more of a statement. And a lot of people liked it. It got picked up. The New York Post wrote about it. But Ooh. a lot of people didn't like it. And some guys coming at me with these facts, like, you don't understand the history of humor and did it and started just like going after me about the genesis of humor and how humor needs to like make you think. And I'm like, it didn't make me think. It just made me be like, why are you making fun of somebody else's like absolute sorrow? I didn't, humor's just, gen yeah, humor's that kind of humor is generally self-reserved for if it's you. Okay. Yeah, so like exactly. if you got in a car accident and want to make fun of it and be like, oh, ha ha, you know, then it's up to you. But yeah, using other people's pain as humor doesn't generally. It just doesn't work well. for me. Yeah. And it was funny. But then this one guy, he couldn't. I, I was like, OK, I'm going to go after you and you're you have 200 followers. I don't care. And then he was like, well, you're old. And I'm like, is that all you got? I'm old. Like, I'm old is the funniest criticism because I'm like, baby, wait, just wait. You'll get there one day. You'll Godspeed. get there one day. This was amazing. Sahara, honestly, let's do this again. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. This renaming of the vocabulary, because do you know what? That's getting kind of crazy. Like we almost need like a whole new list of like, because right now, like the mascara thing, I'm like, what are you talking about? So I like, try to do that. And that's one of the reasons why Pop Culture Mondays, the newsletter existed is and, and was started is that there is some slang terms people didn't know. And so I love I, that. Get woke. Pop culture Monday. Get woke, old people. This is what you need to keep up with. That's you right. Know? So I do. I break down words. I whenever I use um, acronyms, I always spell them out so in case people who are new subscribers don't know. But things like I remember when we started, I talked about Visco girls. People didn't know what Visco girls were. I talk a lot about what the code words are and how people are using them. So just you know, I will send you a running list each week when I have new yeah. terms, so you're aware. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank we'll you. We'll be back next week. And if you guys have any tips or or, or subjects that you want me to look into or talk about or write about, you know where to find me on Twitter. I'm at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. And same on Instagram, at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. And if you want to find Potato, you can find Potato at Potato, P-O-T-A-T-O, on Instagram. And he'd love to hear from you. Until next week, thank you, Sahara. Thank you, David, the best producer. Thank you. And see you soon. Bye. Pop culture.